Hey, Cody. Glad you're back. I'm actually in the L.A. airport, um, not too far from you. <laughs> but it's very early in the morning, and I'm getting ready to fly to Mexico. I'm trying to picture whether you're lifting weights or drinking a milkshake. Anyway, uh, cool to have you back on the air. I like the Dungeon and Day Challenge. I think maybe I'm going to modify it for myself and do try to do like a room a day. But uh, And now I'm self-conscious about my sign-offs, so... Yeah. <laughs> Have a good one, man. Cody, it's Froth. It's good to hear a new podcast from you, Ben. You know, your fans have been waiting. And I wanted to thank you for the shout-out. Really appreciated that. also like what you're saying about blues and jazz, you know, being the you know, an American art form. It reminded me of this cool jazz documentary I saw. It's just called Jazz. It's like a five-part deal, kind of like a Ken Burns thing. It's up on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen it, but if you haven't already, it was really, uh, really good. And uh, since you mentioned you're into jazz, I thought I'd call in and mention it to you. Hope to hear more podcasts from you soon. See ya. All right, we just heard from Ray and Froth. Thanks, guys, for the call-ins. Yeah, Ray, so... Um, that particular morning when you called in, I was actually sleeping instead of at the gym. Um, and the milkshake was a mistake. Um, dairy and me don't particularly get along. I've actually cut all dairy from my diet, including cheese and, you know, other things. And then I had that milkshake and it just wrecked my body. So yeah, won't be doing that again anytime soon. Um, but goddamn, it was delicious. Oh, it was so good. It wasn't even like a good milkshake. I just went to In-N-Out and had the Neapolitan shake. But damn, that thing was good. Um, and yeah, I think, um, you know, there have been a couple days when I've been doing the dungeon a day that I have just been going through and doing only a couple rooms at a time. Um, I guess the main thing for me is that I'm actually working on something and just instead of just talking about it. So, yep. Um, and then Froth. Thanks, man. Um, I haven't seen that before, Jazz, but I will definitely have to check it out. And um yeah, I'm going to go ahead and be doing a song of the day on my podcast now, just at the end, uh, tucked away, hidden at the end. So if you guys are interested in um, what I've been listening to in the realm of jazz and blues, then, you know, stick around to the end. All right, I'm trying something a little bit different this week with my um, episode. I So in that last segment, if you guys heard some scratching sounds in the background... Um, it's because I was trying to record with the headset on. Um, I normally record the episodes just by speaking into my phone as if I'm talking to somebody on speakerphone. And I wanted to try and, I guess, get the audio a little bit cleaner, a little bit clearer. And so I threw on my headset and the, yeah, it just rubs all up against my beard and, um, just creates that sound and I'm not going to go back and re-record that segment because I liked what I had to say but um and it's you know it's short and I don't think it was that that bad so um right now I'm back to how I normally record I have my phone balanced on my steering wheel inside my car and I just kind of lean forward and talk into it so um yeah I guess we'll uh move on to the next um topic here i so logan howard threw out a couple weeks ago the top three monster challenge and it's been making its way around the anchorites so i thought i'd uh, jump in and participate while i'm here recording so for me top three uh, favorite monster of all time would have to be the assassin vine 
I first saw this thing um, when I got into the game with 3rd edition. And in fact, I don't think it was around prior to 3rd edition. Um, I just, I loved the art. It, you know, it was one of the first monsters in the book because it's an A monster. And the art in there is just great. You know, it's this vine and the leaves kind of look like hands and it's choking this dude out. And it looks like he's about to just give up and pass out. I, I don't know. I just, it just always made me chuckle as a kid. And I uh, have always really enjoyed it. Um, just mainly from that aspect. But if you go and read the entry, it's actually kind of a creepy monster. So the assassin vine is part of a tree. And then it kills people with its vines. And drags their bodies over. And they basically decay and become fertilizer for the the tree. Um, so yeah, it's got kind of a creepy background. Um to go with a, a hilarious picture and I'll have to put it up on the uh the audio dungeon discord the picture I'm talking about because other editions and you know other people have done art for it but the one that was in the monster manual for third edition was just fantastic all right um number two for me it's going to be skeletons man I just love skeletons I think of all the undead monsters, they're just my favorite. And I don't even really know why. I don't really like, like, advanced skeletons or, you know, forearmed or, you know, weapons and armor. I just like my skeletons basic, naked and, you know, as anatomically correct as possible. I think that actually makes them a little more creepy. You can kind of relate to them since, you know, you have a skeleton inside your body. Um, yeah, so I either like them real basic, or I really like these little cutesy drawings that people do of skeletons. Um, I don't know why, I just do. That's kind of something weird about me, I guess. But um, Anyway, moving on. Number one monster for me, it's going to be kobolds. These were the first monster I ever encountered in Dungeons & Dragons. Back in my garage when I was 11, my uncle was running the game for us, and you know, third edition had just come out, so that's what we were playing. And yeah, that was the first monster I ever came across, and they were described to me as like a mix between a dog and a lizard um, that walked upright, and for some reason I pictured them in my head. You know, I had no frame of reference prior to this. Um, I had never seen one or even conceived the idea, and so I imagined some sort of short walking lizard that was kind of fat, because the dog I had at the time was a Shih Tzu, and he was like fat, so... Uh, that's what I imagined, um, and yeah, that image has always kind of stuck with me, and I've never seen them illustrated that way, they're always, you know, short and skinny and scrawny, but to me, they were short and squat, kind of like how a dwarf is depicted, um, and just fat, big old gut hanging out, and yeah, I threw some food at them and ran away, and they couldn't catch up to us, so, um, that was my first encounter. Alright, uh, let's move on to the next segment here. Um, I wanted to talk about Kalmata, so I'll pause this and save it, and I'll come right back. So last Sunday, I played in a session of Kalmata with Jason, and uh, it was the Kalmata International game, so I was playing with Spike Pit and Arfed and a couple of the other guys, um, Eric Swanson, uh, shoot, I'm forgetting everyone else. It's been a couple of days since then, and my brain is kind of dead at this point. It's been a long day at work, and you know, it's eight o'clock my time right now, so I'm pretty much done. Um, anyway, so I don't know what it is about Kalmata. The past, like, three to four sessions, maybe even longer. Yeah, probably a little bit longer, maybe like four or five. But regardless, um, they've been fantastic, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's me, if I got my head out of my ass and I'm just starting to play the game right or getting it figured out or if something changed um, with Jason or the other people I'm playing with, but 
So it's been a lot of fun. And it's not like my character's just been out there kicking ass. He contracted lycanthropy. He's trapped in, um, basically under the influence of a, an evil sorceress, um, who wants him to hunt down some gems or some stones, demon stones. And then, you know, we just can't, got our asses handed to us by these fungal, uh, giants. And so, yeah, it's not like I'm doing great as far as my character is concerned, but I'm having a blast and I don't know what it is. So I was interested if the, the other people who would be listening to this, who play in Kalmata, let me know, has, has it been the same for you over the past couple of sessions? Have things improved um, on your end? What do you think it is? Um, I'm just trying to figure it out. You know, I guess this go back, goes back to Jason's uh, best session ever, best session ever topic he was talking about a little while back. Um, so yeah, I guess this will be uh, kind of a shout out. You know, if you're not in Kalmata, get in there. It's awesome. Um, if you've never played online or if your online experience hasn't been that good, um, this is a great place to kind of see what it can be. Uh, I think Jason's uh, production value, for like lack of a better term, is uh, is really great in the Kalmata game. So he does a lot of great things. You know, he's, he's all in with it, maps and dynamic lighting and all of that. So it's a really immersive experience. But yeah, um, that's really all I have to say about that. And then, so after uh, that Kalmata game, like five minutes after, I had to jump out actually early at the end of the session to get over there. And I was running a game of 5th edition for my cousins and my uncle. Um, my cousins have been wanting to play a Star Wars-based game. And they're all into 5e. Um, so I thought I'd try and find a 5th edition Star Wars. And lo and behold, someone has created one. There's a, I found them on Reddit. Uh, under the Star Wars 5e subreddit, and it's actually pretty good, it's uh, a really professional looking product, um, it doesn't have any problems, you know, we ran it, and we played it with the raw, like, rules as written, 5th edition rules, with this on top of it, and it was smooth, it was super smooth, um, you know, it was actually the best 5th edition experience I've had so far, and I don't, again, I don't know what caused that, I don't know if it's the subject matter, you know, me and my cousins were like super into Star Wars. We were always nerding out about it um, when we were kids and we played every Star Wars game that there ever was, um, long term and short term. And it was kind of our go to setting. So I, like, I don't really know what it was. Maybe we're just super interested. So it made it for a better session. Um, I don't know if the modules that I'm running for this are just good and maybe I don't realize it. I'm basically just converting some older edition Star Wars D20 modules to 5th edition kind of on the fly. Um, and it's been working out really cool, really well. And, um, you know, everyone seems to think it's pretty cool. So, I don't know, I'm going to keep it up. Um, I've got a couple of these modules and I plan to run it as like a campaign arc. So we'll see how long that goes. Um, but yeah, I'm sure I'll have more to say. And it's kind of been an interesting learning experience for 5th edition as well. I wasn't super familiar with the rules as a judge or DM prior to this, but I spent a little bit of time trying to read up on it, and um, there are some interesting things. I, I don't want to go too in-depth on it here, you know. It seems like a lot of the Anchorites have been talking about 5th edition recently, and um, I don't want to beat a dead horse, really, you know. Uh, everyone else has already said what I would have to say anyway, so. Um, and they probably said it better than I did, so. <laughs> um... All right, let's move on here. 
flipping through my notes. Uh, All right. Um, I wanted to do the report, so I spent a lot of time on Reddit and other social medias, just kind of trolling, looking for stuff um, that I find interesting. And I have a couple things this episode. Um, first one, um, I guess I just wanted to share some of the subreddits that I follow um, in case you guys are out there on Reddit and you're not following these. Um, if you're not, and I guess you're just doing it wrong. So <laughs> um, the first two I wanted to bring up was uh, Imaginary Monsters and Imaginary Landscapes. These are awesome subreddits for just kick-ass art. Um, I don't know how many pieces I've taken for RPG games and just really good inspirational work, especially on the landscape side of things. They're doing some awesome, awesome work over there. And then the Battle Maps subreddit is just phenomenal. Um, people putting up Battle Maps for free. You know, I play almost exclusive. I actually, I would say exclusively online. And uh, so those are a great resource for me. Um, just to load into Roll20 or whatever interface I'm using and have a cool looking map because, you know, Lord knows I can't draw them. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, those are the, the subreddits I wanted to bring up, but, uh, I found some interesting posts here. One is, uh, 15 simple riddles and, um, I went through all 15 of them and they are pretty simple, but there, there are a few that are particularly clever that I wasn't able to figure out. So, um, not that I'm particularly good at riddles or anything, but, um, I was thinking you could, it would be a great way to like, uh, offer a puzzle in a game, you know, you know, lock a door with a riddle and they can't get into it until it answers or till they answer it. And, uh, and yeah, so I'm, I'm saying all of this without any kind of, you know, information for you guys. There'll be links in the show notes to all of these posts that I'm going to be talking about. So just check out the show notes and, uh, follow the links. Um, the next one was a post from the guys who do the D&D speak blog. Um, it was a hundred weapon runes. So it's just a link that redirects to their, uh, blog. And then they have a, a fancy little button you push on the website. One of those HTML buttons that just, uh, pulls results from a D100 list and spits it out for you in a fancy way. So you don't have to roll on the table. Uh, but these are pretty cool. Um, the ones that I rolled up a couple of them. I, so I think it's all 5th edition stuff because I got some of the 5th edition jargon such as advantage, disadvantage, and then on particular skills like investigation and things like that. But um, again, that stuff will be super easy to convert, especially on the fly um, or even if you just had a minute ahead of game and you were just trying to roll something up. Uh, but yeah, they were pretty cool and evocative. Um, you know, kind of low power weapons and you know that kind of stuff fits perfectly into the games that I'm trying to write and run so um yeah I thought that was a cool resource and then um the last one I wanted to bring up was from the cave of the dice chucker his blog um he had the rogues gallery article about uh the fighter and the case of the incompetent caller um he basically took the play example uh, from the Holmes Blue Book Edition and wrote it out as a uh, a court case where the players were suing their caller and it's it's freaking hilarious. I haven't laughed um, that hard about anything gaming related in a really long time. Um, I just thought it was hilarious, so uh, you guys should check that out if you need a 
need a good laugh. So, all right, uh, I'm gonna pause this and I'll come back for the next segment. All right, I guess the the real main topic um, for this show is gonna be encumbrance. Um, I've actually, I think I talked about this before in one of my very early episodes, um, but it's something I've always kind of revisiting. I'm not in most of the games that I play. So I play BX. I've played a little bit of 5th edition, um, and that's pretty much it. Um, so in those games, uh, I'm, I'm not satisfied with the way the encumbrance is handled. And BX, uh, my main problem is it's just so clunky. Um, you have to convert the, the items that you buy, you have to convert them to coin weight. Um, so there's already like a little bit of math involved. And... Um, then you have to determine your encumbrance in coins, like your maximum encumbrance in coins. It's just, it's goofy and clunky and it, it's, you know, it, it's, um, inefficient to the point where people don't really use it that well. Um, and I guess my whole point is this, in this is that I, uh, I enjoy the resource management aspect of the games, which I guess is why I'm kind of tied to, or drawn to OSR products and, games because that is something that is focused on um with these types of games so yeah i really enjoy resource resource management you know in the kalmata game i i track all of my arrows all of my sling stones my rations everything i don't know as a player i like it and as a dm i like it um and i don't know if that has something to do with something for my childhood or i i really don't know why but it's just something that i really enjoy um so that's why i think it's important um, you know, if you're, if you're going out into the wilderness, you need to have food. If you're going into a dungeon, you need to have torches and ropes and all of that. Um, so I guess what I'm looking for is a system that is, um, simple, but engaging enough that people would actually use it and kind of like using it. Um, which I know is like, I guess a lot to ask for, right? Simple, but complex, but, you know, enjoyable, but um, and I guess another thing is I want your strength in the game to, uh, you know, have an impact on it. Um, I don't think it should be the end-all, be-all. I mean, you could be super strong, but, you know, there's only so much that you can put on your body uh, and only so much, so many places to put things, you know, um, before it just breaks down. So um, so what, what I found so far is Stars Without Number, I think, has the best encumbrance system that I've seen. Um... It's it's very simple. You can carry a number of items equal to half of your strength score, and those are counted as readied items. So if you need them, like uh, you know torches or whatever's going to be in your backpack, it you know uh, half of your strength score and items can be readied, which means you can get them in a combat um, immediately. And then you can carry an additional number of items equal to your strength score. Um, that are not ready, then they take, you know, a couple rounds to dig out. I think it's a D4 rounds, or maybe higher, or maybe lower. It's a, I think it's a D4. I can't remember if it's D3. It's been a minute since I read it. But basically, I've adopted this for the BX Black Sands game. Um, and so far, I think it's working well. It hasn't really come up, but again, I've only run two sessions of it, so... Um, anticipate it coming up further if these guys are interested in going down into dungeons and stuff so um if you're not familiar with stars without number i'm pretty sure you can get a free version of it 
and just check out the rules. Um, another one I just got was uh, the Neo Classical Geek Revival. I got them on Bundle of Holding, and I just quickly skimmed their um, their encumbrance system, and it it seemed really simple. Um, I haven't had a whole lot of time to actually dig into it and you know test it out for myself, but they basically just um, convert the units of weight is just called a dot and that represents um so a, a dot is how big and heavy that or how big the item is and then how heavy it is so if something is more dots it, you know you can only carry up to a certain amount of dots it this is not making sense and i'm gonna stop because i haven't read into it um but it from what i saw it, it looked very simple so um yeah i guess that's what i'm looking for um I don't know if anyone else out there has a better solution or a simpler solution or what you use in your games. Do you use encumbrance? Do you ignore it? Um, yeah, let me know your thoughts. Do you audit your players? You know, after a while, do you check their sheets and see what they're carrying? Are they carrying 200 rations around? Could they reasonably carry 200 rations? But And a 10-foot pole and, you know, a weapon and their armor, all of that stuff. Do you guys use that? Um, I guess just give me a call in and let me know your thoughts on the subject cool all right um yeah i think that's gonna do it for now um yeah i hope you guys enjoyed this i'm gonna try and keep this uh wednesday podcast happening weekly i'm gonna call it the what's up wednesday or wednesday what's up i haven't decided on the sequence there but um yeah, uh, I think it's kind of a good way for me to work on the episode. You know, this I spent w- time working on this episode uh, for a couple of days dur- throughout the week, and it was better for me than just trying to sit down all at once and do it. So, um, yeah, all right, guys, take it easy. Oh, yeah, uh, song of the day. So I think I'm going to go with Willie Nelson's Stardust. Um, which might seem kind of weird considering I said this was going to be jazz and blues, but um, this song does have a pretty strong jazz undertone. So um, yeah, check it out. Willie Nelson's Stardust. Um, I believe it's on the Stardust album. So should be pretty easy to find. Um, Give it a listen and let me know your thoughts.